Welcome to a Tuesday edition of Locked On NBA. On today's show, the Lakers bought out Luol Dang over the weekend, giving them max cap space for next summer. We'll tell you who they might be targeting to pair with LeBron James. Then we'll discuss what's next for Dang and if the Pelicans improved or may have gotten worse this summer. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. Now let's get to the show. Locked on the NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's do this. Welcome to Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Wes Goldberg. I'm a credentialed writer covering the NBA for Fan Sided. You can find me on Twitter at WC Goldberg. I'm David Romello, credentialed NBA writer who covers the league at large for Fan Sided. You can follow me in my writing on Twitter at DRomel13. Over the weekend, the Lakers bought out Luol Dang and will stretch the remaining two years and $36.8 million left on his contract. According to reports, Dane gave up $7.5 million and could possibly make that up by signing elsewhere. The buyout effectively gives the Lakers enough cap space to sign a max salary free agent to pair with LeBron next summer, and already there are rumors that the Lakers could be targeting one Kevin Durant. Look, maybe it won't be Durant, but with the way the Lakers have approached the roster since signing LeBron, filling filling it out with expiring contracts, now buying out Luol Dang, it's clear they're going to be in the mix for one of next year's big names, I love what the Lakers are doing, uh, David. At least right now, they're setting themselves up. Maybe not, look, they're not going to compete against the Warriors this year, but they're setting themselves up to be in the mix maybe next year or the year after that. Yeah, I think it's so interesting because a lot of people on the periphery look at what the Lakers are doing. And obviously, it was the the, the, the coup of the summer in landing free, uh, you know, LeBron James as a free agent. But it's kind of a mixed bag of opinions whether or not they have this young core that they could build around LeBron and compete for a playoff spot, not to mention potentially a title. I know that's probably not likely. A title doesn't seem in the possibility, in the realm of possibility, considering what the Golden State Warriors are still capable of doing. But at least there's a good young core there. But then you also look at some of those pieces, Lance Stevenson, Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, JaVale McGee. Not exactly guys known for their maturity uh, and perhaps their 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 talent level at this point. So it you know it's you look at that roster and you say it's haphazardly assembled. Um, you know they're not really a strong competitor or a contender for a title. But if there's a long term plan in place, and obviously you want to be able to maximize what you can of whatever's left of LeBron's tank, you know how much he has left is pretty debatable. It seems like he's going to be able to play at least at a high level for a few years more while he's under contract with the Lakers. So you want to be able to at least create a window for a title and clearing up some cap space so that you can add another superstar to pair alongside LeBron and parts of that young core, whomever might develop from Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball or whoever. That seems the likely place. And if that's the case, then yes, obviously the Lakers have a plan in place that a lot of people did not expect them to. Like a lot of people thought this was the summer, the make it or break it. They were going to acquire Kawhi. They were going to get Paul George. They were going to get LeBron James. They were going to get all three of them or at least two of them and contend for a title immediately. Maybe that's part of uh, the win-win now situation as far as what society expects out of contending teams. But the reality is that it, you know they had a, a slower, t- ter- longer term plan in place and it's worked out so far. And, you know, that, that long-term plan starts coming into focus, especially when, when you consider somebody like a Julius Randle, who the Lakers basically just let walk, didn't extend him, didn't try to re-sign him, and basically swapped Julius Randle for a one-year contract with JaVale McGee, which everybody was like, why would you do that? Why wouldn't you? If, look, you're not getting Paul George, you don't want to make the Kawhi Leonard trade, 
why wouldn't you just re-sign Julius Randle? This is why. You know, this is why you don't do that because now they don't have Randle's long-term money. Right. Right. So you really do have that cap space. This is, look, that might be the right or wrong decision if, you know, when we look back on this years from now. But one thing that Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka are doing is they are swinging for the fences. And you got to hand it to them. They've set themselves up really, really well. Maybe it's Kevin Durant. Maybe Durant gets bored of what what's happening in Golden State, wants to go play with LeBron, and and just basically swarm Steph Curry, you know, during the playoffs and the in the Western Conference Finals, like LeBron and Durant did during the All Star Game last summer. But maybe it's not Durant. Maybe they go after a Kemba Walker. Maybe they get Jimmy Butler. Maybe it's Kyrie Irving. I don't know. Maybe it maybe, is Kawhi. It could be Kawhi. Maybe too, it's right? Kawhi. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they they have a lot of options now, and it seems like they're gonna. Pair somebody with LeBron. They're not gonna have to unless they unless they want to trade. They don't have to part with Lonzo Ball or Brandon Ingram or Kyle Kuzma, or Josh Hart. These promising young rookies. They can develop alongside LeBron. You know they, and then they could develop alongside another star player. Maybe next summer if the Lakers do get whoever they want. Look, the one thing I do, I, I I'm not a big fan of signing guys like Beasley and Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo. I think that that's, you know. Yeah, they're one-year deals. Best case scenario is that they're all on this contract year, super angsty, trying to get back at the NBA type of season, and they outperform. You know what mm. what we're expecting. Worst case scenario is that they disrupt the development of those young of that young group of players that they that they really should be developing. So, yeah, there's a best and worst case. Maybe they signed a few too many of those guys, but we won't know until we actually see this team play. But you know, long term, it really doesn't even matter. Who they right. sign this year because they're all in one-year deals. It's all about next year. I think it could be a positive thing. Not to harp on it for too long, but the reality is they're probably going to come in there unencumbered without any kind of real expectations. And we've seen LeBron in the past able to elevate the level of play of almost any teammate. Either you learn to fit and adjust alongside LeBron or you'll find yourself on another team. If anything, mm-hmm. just ask the young waiters. Uh, you know, and, and as far as Rondo and other veterans like that, they'll figure it out and they'll push the younger guys, which is a thing that I think they've been missing over the last couple of seasons without any clear goal in mind, because clearly over the last few seasons, they were gearing up for this point. Um, I don't know that there was any kind of clear destination in mind. And I think now you've got that in place. You've got the playoffs as a realistic possibility. You want to go as far as you potentially can in those playoffs, whether it's a title. Obviously, that doesn't seem very likely, but you want to keep pushing for something. And those veterans are going to keep pushing them, too. So I think it's going to be you're going to see development out of those young players because of those veterans. And I think you're going to continue to see that growth over the next few seasons. Potentially, if you add a superstar, then yes, you have a contending team there. So let's look at some of those. Let's look at some of those superstars, though, because Durant obviously would be the a good fit. Yeah, yeah, I mean that would be the the best possible case scenario. Beyond Durant, guys like Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Demarcus Cousins. Those are kind of that's kind of the big name group next year. And for Demarcus, obviously, it depends on how he bounces back from his injury this year with the Warriors. But do you like any of those fits in particular? I mean, Durant sounds like the ideal one, obviously. Doesn't that stifle what Brandon Ingram is capable of doing? I mean, isn't he the the partner for LeBron James in that backcourt as far as the forwards are concerned? Yeah, I, don't Sorry, the you, I don't think you worry about it. I think you could I think you could figure out a way to play like Ingram at the two, Durant, and then LeBron. I, I don't know. I could see if if you had those three, you'd figure it out. I wouldn't be too worried about it if it meant signing Durant. But you're right. Um and depend I I think Ingram's gonna have a great year this year too. Yeah. So if maybe they not maybe look they're gonna get Durant if they can, but maybe they're not super 
motivated to go and replace Ingram with a non-Durant player. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, Kyrie Irving or Kemba Walker next to Lonzo Ball, that could work out really well. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I want somebody a little bit bigger, I think, than Walker. I think his, his size is still a detriment even at this point in his career. I mean, he's, he's developed into a, a consistent shooter, and he's mm. not necessarily the kind of playmaker, but you wouldn't need to be – you wouldn't need to have him be the quintessential playmaker if you've got Ball and LeBron James on that same roster. So I like the fit of Butler, to be honest with you. Another defensive-minded presence, a guy who can create his own shot. He can space the floor as well. He's aggressive. I think his window – fits better with that kind of win-now mentality. So mm-hmm. I like that addition. I'm not sure that there's a tie there. I, I, I mean, if you're going to if you're gonna fit somebody like that, though, honestly, I think Kawhi Leonard's probably your best bet, too. So, I mean, I, I think if you're going to rank them as far as their their level of, of fit or, or whatever what they can bring to the table, it's Durant, obviously, because he could be potentially one of the top five players of all time. And then you've got probably Kawhi Leonard after that, and then maybe Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it, it, obviously, depending on, you know, the... the the Kawhi injury and how he bounces back from that. But yeah, sure. if, if Kawhi is back to 90% of what he was when he was last healthy, then absolutely. Uh, even 80%, I'd probably put take that over Jimmy Butler. But Jimmy Butler would be a really, really nice fit. I think he, he kind of fits that L.A. I, I could see him doing oh, yeah. lots of things. He'd embrace the it. And then, um, all right, well, look, we've got uh, another big name for agent to talk about who's a free agent right now, and that's Luol Deng. So what happens next with Luol Deng? We'll talk about that next. But first... Things in the NBA can change every day. That means you need a daily podcast to break down everything that's happening around the league. That's what we do here on Locked on NBA. So make sure to subscribe to Locked on NBA on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, or find us on whatever podcast app that you use. The Locked on Podcast Network, your team, every day. The New Orleans Pelicans lost to Marcus Cousins, but have made a lot of other moves this summer. We'll talk about what to expect from the New Look Pelicans next, but first... Let's go to Luol Dang, who, after his buyout, is a free agent and may finally get some playing time elsewhere. Is there a destination that sticks out to you, David? It's kind of interesting because when you look at Luol, it's so funny how the narrative has changed. Obviously, a couple of seasons ago, he signed with the Lakers after having a pretty good two-year span with the Heat, where he was inconsistent. There were games where he played at a high level and others were you know, not so much. He was pretty much absent. But, you know, he could still play. He joins the Lakers who, as I just said in the previous segment, were kind of gearing up towards this point where they wanted to have, they wanted to lose, they wanted to tank, maybe a soft tank, but a tank nonetheless. They wanted to get high draft picks. They wanted to free up clap space. And they and then, of course, their former GM, Mitch Kupchak, winds up tossing a lot of money at both Luol Deng and Timothy Mozgov, kind of changing that plan a little bit. But you look at Deng, and at least he could play at a high level, and then all of a sudden he winds up sitting there. From everything we've heard, and that's the interesting part about this narrative is that he's still capable of playing at a high level. Now, everybody else thinks, no, he's been stuck on the bench for two years. It's because he can't play. My feeling is that he could always have played. They just didn't see his fit as far as he might have made that team a little too good. And that was something that they didn't want. Uh, and, and so it's kind of interesting. I think he's still capable of playing a little bit more 3 and D. Obviously, there's a lot of mileage there. I mean, anybody who plays the kind of games that he did for for you know Tom Thibodeau is going to get some kind of uh, wear and tear on those lower legs especially. But I think Den can still play at a high level. He can space the floor. He's probably more of a, a four than a three at this point mm-hmm. in his career. Um, but I, we saw him play that role in Miami, and he filled it pretty well. Uh, he can create his own shot occasionally. I think he's still mobile enough. And maybe after two years of resting, he might be in better shape than he was even when he was playing in Miami. So 
I could see him contribute to a team that's lost some depth at the small forward position or even in the forward position, and that's Houston, a team that's contending, could use a defensive-minded wing, uh, and I think he fits that role pretty well. Um, you know, they signed uh, Joe Johnson there last year when he was uh, you know, fitting along that same role. Uh, then comes in there. It's not about money at this point. He wants to be able to contribute at a high level. He can challenge for a title. He can play alongside guys like Chris Paul and James Harden. It seems like it's a really good fit. It's a perfect fit. That's exactly who I was thinking. The Rockets, obviously, haven't lost Trevor Ariza. You lose a Lukumba Mute. Yes, they still have P.J. Tucker. They still have Joe Johnson. They brought in James Ennis. But a guy like Dang makes a lot of sense there. Slide in at that small ball small ball type stretch four that he, he played pretty well in in that last year in Miami. Uh, I think that's a great fit. Beyond the Rockets, which I uh, I think is the most obvious fit, and if, if yeah. he's got an offer, he should take that one. But I'm trying to think outside of the Rockets. There's been some noise around the Minnesota Timberwolves. Please don't do that. I I don't need another I don't need another formable on Thibodeau's team. I just that's boring, <laughs> and I really don't want that to happen. Um, <laughs> Portland seems like a logical fit as well for the similar reasons to Houston. They're always in search of a little bit more size on on the perimeter. If Dang wants to go up there and play alongside McCollum and Lillard, kind of be a nice little locker room presence, could give them something that they need in that in that aspect from a competitiveness standpoint. And just from a player standpoint, I think you know Lillard and, and McCollum driving to the rim and kicking out to Dang and Dang spacing the floor makes a lot of sense there. Let me throw Golden State. Would Ooh. that be crazy? Uh, no, it wouldn't. I mean, it, it, I think the the kind of guidebook as to what is crazy or not went out the, the window this summer when they signed <laughs> DeMarcus Cousins. You know, it, it, it changes so much of how we expect free agency to play out. You're either going to go after big bucks or you're going to go for a, an opportunity to win. What if you eschew at least big bucks that you can potentially get for a short-term deal, a one-year deal in Cousins' case? I think in, in Deng's case – it's hard to know what his motivation is because obviously having signed with the Lakers two years ago for the kind of money they threw at him, it wasn't a title chase. He wasn't after the ring at that point in time. Have his priorities changed now mm. to the point where he could join a team like the Warriors and say, you know what, I'll go. He's not going to get a lot of playing time. And if he's looking to prove himself, I don't know that that's the best option. But he could go in there, maybe fill five, ten minutes a night, whatever, you know, whatever's left over after Clay Thompson sits and Andre Iguodala right. sits and Kevin Durant gets his minutes. So it's an interesting one. And I wonder if you want to keep that model going, though. Like from Golden State's perspective, do you want to just continue to bring in veterans on a short term deal to kind of plug in while you have your superstars like Durant and Curry and Thompson in place? I don't know. It's it's a it's an interesting question, um, and, and it's a good way of showing up the Lakers. That's for sure. That that is, and that could be a motivation for him. But um, yeah, he's not going to be able to. He'll he'll make up less than two million dollars, probably or somewhere about that on the league minimum right. Um, right. of that seven and a half million dollars that he gave up. He could probably get a little bit more than that if he went somewhere else. So that's also a factor. What about Utah. Yeah, maybe Utah makes sense. I don't know if they're looking for more uh, uh, for veteran depth on the perimeter there. Maybe um, the 76ers maybe jumped out at me a little bit. If they need some perimeter depth, but they just signed mm-hmm. Wilson Chandler, that's kind of redundant. Yeah. Um, no, I think the Rockets make the most sense. Obviously, uh, I, I agree with you. By the way, I, th- I think he could still contribute. Obviously, not to the level that he once was able to, but yeah, I don't think that the Lakers benched him just because he was a bad player. I think you're right. They benched him because they were trying to develop other guys, maybe lose a little bit more than they needed to, 
Yeah. Or uh, and then you know having Dang there just didn't make as much sense anymore. But yeah, I'm. I'm it'll be interesting to see what he could do and where he where. He so why up. not Minnesota? You just don't like it because no, it's a just, boring. Yeah, uh, no thanks. I just come on. Derek Rose, Todd Gibbs, Taj Gibson, Luol Dang, and then maybe they'll get Joakim Noah too. Like let's just run the whole thing back. Uh, let's talk about the Pelicans, uh, who could actually get better after letting Demarcus Cousins walk. At, le- at least I think so. We'll see. We'll talk about that next. But first, a quick word. In addition to the daily Locked On NBA show, the Locked On Podcast Network has a daily show for every NBA team. So if you're a diehard fan who wants content on your favorite team every day, go to iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and then search for your team and then subscribe. The Locked On Podcast Network, the local experts on the biggest stories. After beating the Trailblazers in the first round of the playoffs, the Pelicans will try to build on last season, but we'll do it without DeMarcus Cousins. The Pels let Cousins and veterans... Uh, Rajon Rondo walk this summer instead, and instead use that space to fill out the roster with younger players like Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, and Jaleel Okafor. They also recently signed Clippers guard Tyrone Wallace to an offer sheet and could add him to their mix if uh, the Clippers don't match that. So having summarized their offseason now, David, what do you think of the Pelicans roster? You know, I, I'm not ready to proclaim them as a contending team just yet. I, I think Obviously, when you have a superstar talent like Anthony Davis, uh, your your ceiling is probably pretty high. But a lot of, at least to me, a lot of their success last year felt like more of an aberration than anything else. Uh, maybe I obviously they changed their system and style of play, mm. having lost a Marcus to injury, um, and it worked out really well having Nik- uh, Nikola Mirotic in the starting lineup. Uh, he caught a lot of people, I think, off guard, having been you know st- having gone through some struggles when he was with the Bulls, and then all of a sudden just helping unlock that offense to a high level. But you add new players like Randall and Peyton and everything else, and that that changes the dynamic. I don't think it's going to be a seamless fit. As much as I like Randall as a player, I don't like Peyton as a player, and I don't know that he's going to ne- necessarily be able to guide that team to the same level that Rajon Rondo last did last year. So I think that's a question, and and it's a big hole to fill too. So I, I don't I don't not, I'm not sure that they're going to be able to play at the same kind of high level that we saw them play at the end of last season and obviously in the postseason. Yeah, Rondo helped that team a lot in the playoffs. Playoff Rondo was a real thing against against the Portland Trail Blazers in that first round. Um, but generally speaking, I, I like what they did in that they were they they didn't worry about what they gave up for Demarcus Cousins in order to basically lock in their their future with Cousins coming off of that injury, which was would be really risky because essentially this is a team that doesn't have a whole lot of breathing room as far as their cap space goes and their versatility as far as building the roster and they would have locked themselves into the boogie experience and and what his rehab might look like if they had re-signed him they treat it was a very forward-looking move by them they treated it as a sunk cost which is not a thing that nba teams do very often um and they just they moved on and they used that cap space to bring back miritich which i really liked i like the julius randall fit because it gives them, unlike when you had Cousins and Anthony Davis, who you basically have to start and then bring Miritich off the bench, having Randall, there's almost an addition by subtraction there, I think, where you're able to just pick whichever lineup works best, maybe whatever front court tandem works best based on who they're playing on a night-to-night basis. Yes, you can have Randall play center with Anthony Davis at power forward or vice versa. You can have Miritich play next to next to Anthony Davis. Just depends on the matchup. And then as far as letting Rondo walk, yeah, I think that's gonna hurt. But they also they might take a step back to make to, to eventually take 
a step forward because all these guys they signed are young. Alfred Payton, you're right. Not not a great career so far, but a guy who might be in that mold of a long defender who you could pair next to no. uh no. Drew Holiday if he ever no. kind of come kind of realizes that potential he had on draft night, right? Which I know you're not a fan of Payton Payton's I'm game. Not. Um Jill, Jalil Okafor, another young guy who hasn't panned out so far, does a you know, a, a summer of working out hardcore and, and getting into shape revitalized his career. One thing I do like about the Pelicans is that there is at least a framework, right? The Pelicans were 14th in defensive rating last season, about average. But then when Cousins went down after the All-Star break, they shot up to 5th in defensive rating in the NBA. I think they're leaning all... Like, Anthony Davis will score enough points and they'll figure out how to score points elsewhere, I guess. But they are leaning in on just being one of the best defensive teams in the league, or at least trying to be. But the additions of Randall and Peyton go against that premise, though, because neither of those are strong defenders. Randall, I would argue, is probably a better defender than Peyton, and Peyton's de- defense is terrible. I mean, I-, I saw enough of him in Orlando up close to see him get beat on every pick-and-roll situation possible. And, and there's <laughs> just – for all his length and, and the enticing aspect of his game that was there on draft night, as you hinted at, it just never has manifested at any kind of level in the NBA. And that's the whole thing is that you expect him – he's got this reputation for some reason as being a, a defensive-minded player, but he just can't play defense. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't steal the ball very much. And he can't guard the pick-and-roll for anything. And so you, you put him in there and you lose a lot of that defense that Ronda did provide – um, you know, albeit at a lesser degree than he did in Boston, obviously. But I mean, and and then for, as far as the offense is concerned, Miritich at least provided some of that ball spacing that Randall doesn't provide. So now you've got to try and fit in these two new players that go against the premise of what you're talking about as far as trying to continue to build a, a solid team around Anthony Davis. I'm just not a fan of those moves. I, I think I think that the, the Pelicans had something going last year, and unfortunately, they're not able to recreate it. Um, and and in you know, these players kind of fit a, a need from the surface perspective, but I don't know that they necessarily contribute in the, the way that you want them to. And I see them actually taking a step back. I know some people are pretty high on what they're capable of doing. They like the talent of Randall. I know you've been a longtime fan of Randall, and I think he's a great player in the right situation. I just don't see New Orleans li- in that I type like of situation. I like the fit with Randall next to both Miritich and next to Davis because both Miritich and Davis can space the floor. Randall's got that that sort of um he's got a bully he's, ball he's, yeah. He's, yeah he's got that ball handling ability he's a great passer at his position i think you play him at center next to either of those guys and it works i, I mean yeah defensively and on the glass there's a lot to to yeah he gives up a lot but miritich is a good rebounder and and so is and obviously so is anthony davis so i think they make he's up all right, for yeah. it he's um, all right and i don't know i like i like that ability to space the floor and and sort of get out and transition and do those things. I think he'll add a lot there. I don't know. Maybe I'm just blinded by my bias for for Julius Randle. I love that guy. Um, and look, yeah, I mean, yeah, Peyton might not work out. Julio Okafor might not work out. But what else can they do? This is like they're cap strapped. They they spent their money on Miritich and Randle, and so you know after letting Cousins walk, so maybe it's just you know one year tryouts of these young guys, and maybe you just hope that you can cut. Catch lightning in a bottle at some point. I, I don't know. It's it's just from a, a, a you know a team building perspective. I think it's you kind of hit the nail there. Even if it's somewhat inadvertently, is that they're looking at their fan base, a one that's you know seeing this team kind of go up and down and struggle, and could potentially be seeing this team wasting the best years of Anthony Davis's career and are saying, "Come on, let's do something." Mm. And so they make these moves. You can sell them on you know Peyton is coming back to Louisiana where he, he grew up and he went to college. Yeah. 
Uh, Randall is a young up and coming player with the the kind of starlight that comes with you know, having been a Laker, and and there's you know potential to 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 kind of you know uh, to convince your fans that he's going to be a capable player. Uh, you retain Miritich as you said, and you lose Cousins, which you know may have rubbed some people the wrong way, but at the same time, at least it's, it could be sold as progress. But I just don't know. I think they're taking a huge risk, and you hear constant rumors about Anthony Davis. Uh, potentially being on the move. And, 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 you know, that's just the name of the game today is yeah. for superstars is they have to go someplace to cement their legacy. They have to build a championship somewhere. And I so don't would think you the rather, rather have had them re-sign Boogie Cousins? <sighs> that's a tough one. I don't know. Yeah. I would have rather they had made other moves other than these, to be yeah. honest with you. I mean, uh, I think they could have been in the play for Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that, that might have been an option, too. I don't know. They could have done something, I think. And, uh, and that wasn't something... Maybe that they explored or they thought was a possibility. I don't know. Uh, to These be honest deals with you, are I, tradable. I mean, the Randall deal, Peyton and Okafor, obviously, are tradable deals if anybody wants them. Yeah. Um, they could always move Miritich if, if they wanted to. I don't know. I don't know. I kind of like it. Anyway. All right. Let's see. <laughs> well, yeah, we won't know until the regular season, right? But I agree with you, General. I think they will take a. St- I th- they won't be as good as they were last year, but I think long term, it's it's they're they're making the right steps. I think they're making the right decisions. Um, well, that's all we have for today. You can subscribe to Locked On NBA on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. We'll be back here next Tuesday. You can find us on Locked On Heat in the meantime. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining me, David. You got it, Wes.